This is Stage Appropriate with Juno and Katie. Yeah, we talk about musicals all the time. Which you will know if you know us. That's it. Yeah. So today we're talking about Operation Mincemeat. Um, I feel like we're the last musical theatre fans in the whole country to see Operation Mincemeat. Yeah. This show has been on a few times in different places. It was on at Southwark, like maybe last year, I think. And then it opened. In like in the West End in like earlier this year, and then it just keeps getting extended. So I booked it in a bit of a blind panic, <laughs> thinking yeah. we're never going to get to see this show. And then in between me booking it and us actually seeing it, it got extended twice, and now it's on mm. until I think February 2024. So if you haven't, well, if you're the one person who hasn't seen Operation Mint Meet yet, go and see it. Because everyone listening is now thinking, oh god, I'm the only person in the yeah, world who hasn't seen Operation. We were the only people, but now you are. Well, we weren't the only people if they are too. That's true. That's confusing. So everyone's gone mad for this show. It's got like a million five-star reviews. It's like 58 or something. So it's, I think, like the best reviewed show in the West End. And yeah, everyone's obsessed with it. And now having seen it, we see why, don't we? Yeah. Do you want to talk a bit about the premise of the show, do you know? What? So is this like the plot? Yeah. So should we go through the plot and songs? Yeah. So it's... In World War Two, are you going to help me? No, okay. I'm just going to sit here and judge you. That, that's not helpful. No, it's not, is it? So it's set in World War Two. So it's set at MI5. And so British intelligence, like the British Secret Service. Yeah. And so it starts with this song, Born to Lead, where like all of them come in and... Some paint. were born to follow. And they like basically talk about they're born to lead. Because they went to private school. Yeah. And they're posh. And they say something about fortune favours the brave and a fortune's what I've got. And it's really, yeah. it's a very funny start, isn't it? And it's very, like, it sets the tone for the whole show because it, like, the point with this show is it is literally the funniest thing I've ever watched in my life. It was very funny. Juno's clearly seen some funnier stuff. I don't know. Modern Family, maybe. Cool. So they sing Born to Lead, which is just about them and how elite and privileged they are. Some were born all, to follow, but they were born to lead. They were born to lead. It's all quite tongue in cheek. Some were born to follow. And we were a cool thing about the show, there's only four, four, five performers in the whole show and they all play loads of different roles. Some of them play absolutely loads of different roles who have different accents and all sorts. And they just do like quite basic costume changes, don't they? So like they put on a pair of glasses or yeah. a hat or something. So that's cool. Three of the five members of the cast are part of this group called Spit Lip who wrote it. So it's cool when you, we actually only saw two of them because one of them was a, uh, cover when we saw it yeah but i think that's but, quite cool so it's the guys that wrote it who are three of the four people who wrote it are performing in it as well so you see them all on stage at the start and then get so the, the point is what's what's the like issue that they've got to deal well, with so they want to get into sicily yeah yeah mm-hmm. but there's loads of the german invaders yeah there. the nazis are occupying the, sicily yeah and there's like they say like for every one soldier they've got they've got 10 yeah so they'd be way outnumbered they can't just go and invade while the germans yeah so yeah they say something about like we can't just rock up and knock on the door or something yeah and obviously it's not like a door into sicily it's like a metaphor but um anyway (laughs) um who is it that comes in and tells who's like the boss so bevan who's their boss says we need to get into sicily but 
the key to invading Sicily is not invading Sicily. And they're like, uh... Wait, what? You're like, wait, what? What was that? And then he's like, well, we're going to make them think that we're going into Sardinia, but actually it's just to trick them and we'll be going into Sicily. Yeah, so the idea is that they're going to get somehow the Germans are going to get the impression that the British are going to Sardinia. So they'll move all their troops there, which will allow the British to sneak in to Sicily and through that, like into Nazi occupied Europe and hopefully turn the tide of the war. And so Bevan comes in and says to all the others, like, basically, we need a plan. We need a really good idea for how we're going to do this. So then you see all of them arguing over it and uh, they sing God's That's Brilliant, where they all talk about their different ideas, all of which are a bit silly. Yeah. One of them's about an assassin. One of them's about... One of them involves James Bond, which is slightly problematic. He has a big gun. And he's got a catchphrase. Which is, the name's James. James. And, uh, yeah, because Ian Fleming, who wrote the James Bond books, is Um, a character in it because he worked for British Intelligence. And they keep saying, so Hitler's on the train. And um, there's a bit where it's like they've all said their idea and they're going all like crazy and it's so Hitler's on the train or a boat or other vehicle we send in an assassin or a robot that's illegal it's like very clever <laughs> it's so funny like the the wordplay in it is absolutely hilarious like I've never laughed so much watching a show and it was nicer than laughing Steal at say his trousers. Book of Mormon because that's... you didn't feel wrong <laughs> laughing Steal his trousers it yeah. says, steal his trousers, blow his head off. So there's all these people who are like trying to come up with an idea and it's very competitive and they will basically just like want to be noticed. And then there's this character called Charles Chumley, who is a scientist and he has actually got a really good idea, but he keeps getting barged to the back of the queue. And then he sings this song, He's very Dead like, in the Water, shy. when it's like, I wish I were a newt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a weird guy. He's played by David Cummings, who's really, really, really funny. So he says, I wish there's a maggot. And it's really funny. So he talks about he wants to be a maggot. and I'm still not really clear on why he no. wants to be a maggot. That is quite um, odd. And then he wants to be a tadpole. And I think at one point, so at the end, he's like, I wish there's a maggot or a tadpole or a termite or a wasp. I don't know. And it's, he just goes crazy and says loads of things. So he's got a really good idea, but he doesn't have the confidence yeah. to say it. So he's going to need some help. In the meantime, you get introduced to... Jean Leslie and some of the other like women who are working in the organisation. And basically they're just kind of used to being overlooked, aren't they? So because they're women, they're only getting to do it because all the men are away at war. Yeah. Um, And they sing the song All the Ladies, which the choreography of it is very Beyonce. But yeah, I listened to this podcast where the creators were being interviewed and they talked about it being their little mix song. What, um, the what that really demonstrates is there's a massive kind of breadth of different musical styles in it. Yeah. It's obviously set in the 1940s, but so, and some of the music sounds, some of the melodies especially sound 1940s, like the harmonies between the different characters. But a lot of it it's is so modern cute. as well. So it's a really, it's a cool mix of different things. And that song's really funny. And then Montague, who is this sort of incredibly pompous character who just, it did make me think of Boris Johnson, which was a little bit sad for me. He's one of the people who is trying to come up with an idea, but he kind of gloms on to Chumley's idea to Chumley explains his idea and Montague's like oh that's great but because Chumley doesn't have the confidence to explain it Montague sort of takes over doesn't he yeah and then the pitch is where the two of them are obviously pitching their idea yeah, to Bevan who's a bit skeptical 
And um, it's really funny because, what's his name, Chumley, he keeps messing it up. Because um, exactly. Montagu's like, Lady Sand, and he's like, hello! <laughs> it's really Lady funny. Sand, Charles! It's very amusing. Because he's nervous. Lady Sand, gentlemen, he, exactly. He's not really one to be like pitching the idea. So anyway, the what is the idea? The idea is they get like a dead body. And, As you do. Yeah, and... They have like a briefcase that he's holding. It's like handcuffed to his wrist. Yeah, that's like full of plans of sending troops into Sardinia. And the idea is that and they'll the make idea sure is they'll find it because they're going to make it look like he drowned. Yeah, and then the Nazis will find the body and be like, "Oh, look at these British invasion plans. Now hey, we hey, know hey. what they're up to." Ha-ha. So then all the German troops will go to Sardinia and it'll yeah. be free for them to get into Sicily. Exactly. And they have like a time limit because haven't they told the troops that they need to go into Sicily on this day? Yeah. So they need to do it quite quickly. Um, so then the team kind of get on with creating this person. So they're going to find a body, but they have to create like a character. Pardon? Spills. So they sing this song, Making a Man, Making where they have to like, they come up with all this stuff about him, don't they? They, and like, they put like receipts him. and yeah, stuff to make, in his... to make it look convincing. So yeah, that... to make it look like he had a life. Yeah, basically. so it doesn't just look like a plant. Is that where they meet Spillsbury? Yeah, I think so. Spillsbury's this really creepy character who's like, I think, like a coroner or something. So he deals with dead bodies and he's like, he's like Sweeney Todd. He's very, he's like, very strange. I'll find the perfect body. He's really creepy. And later on, Charles is like, I don't want to go back to Spillsbury. He scares me because he's really weird. Yeah. And then they come up with all the stuff, and then Bevan's like, Yeah, okay, that's a good idea. Uh, like the fact that he, they invent this guy called Bill Martin. That's what they're going to call William Martin. That's what they're going to call the body. And they come up with a whole backstory for him, like that he took his girlfriend to the theatre and that he was going to propose. So he's got a receipt for an engagement ring and receipts from the theatre and a fancy restaurant and all this stuff. And then Bevan's like, well, you've spent too much money. But the one thing this is missing is you need a letter. Like no one's going to go to war without kind of being reminded what they're fighting for. Yeah. It did make me think of the end of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix where Harry's like, I think we're going to win because we've got something Voldemort hasn't got. Something worth fighting for. It's like, all right, Harry, that was incredibly profound. Thank you. What, what's worth fighting for? That I don't know. Have? Owls, maybe? <laughs> we've got Hedwig. <laughs> yeah. There's Dobby. Anyway, so then it's really funny. Jean and Charles try to write a letter, but clearly neither of them has got a clue. So they just write and this then, really silly thing called Love is a Bird. And then Hester, who's Hester, like in charge who's of in the charge. secretaries, and he's played by Jack Malone who flits but like goes from being Spillsbury the incredibly creepy coroner to being Hester who's this sort of quite prim and you don't even woman. think oh why is this guy in a dress yeah well he's not he in a dress is he no, like, like he why just why puts is he like glasses on but it's really clever isn't it so like you've got female performers playing Montague and Bevan and at one point um, David Cummings who's usually Chumley he's one of the secretaries and all the ladies and you don't really question it do you it's just like oh here's people acting and it's not done the sort of gender yeah. flipping isn't done for laughs it's just clearly because there's only five people in the, the company the only so that's one who doesn't do. change parts I think is Montague I think there's like one tiny other little part that she played but the main part obviously Montague so then Hester is like that's rubbish and sings this song called Dear Bill which is really sad it's like the whole it's show weird. to this point has been very anarchic because... and crazy and like a farce. It's all been really silly and then it slows right down. And so when we got back from going to see it, and so I follow this karaoke thing um, that does songs from musicals on YouTube and um, like they'd done Dear Bill Whoa. the day we went to see Operation Mincemeat. That is crazy. I can't, we've literally just listened to the cast recording 
But when I try and think of it, what I end up singing in my head instead is Dear Little Flo and Little Joan, which, which is no a totally different song. No. So Hester sings this song and is like, no, you've got to put in realistic things. So yeah. the letter's really beautiful. And what it becomes apparent is Hester is singing about an experience that she's had. So I think the idea is that she lost someone probably in World War One, because at this point that was only like 25 years ago. Yeah. In terms of the like chronology of the show. So she sings all this really specific stuff about like, I've watered your roses, but I'm not going to talk to them. That's weird. Here, your mum is, you know, your mum. And your then mom. calls him Tom and so the other two who are sat there listening at that point there is kind of pick up and they're like all right okay but isn't it really beautiful it's just such a the show does it a couple of times where everything's like anarchic and crazy and you're just laughing hysterically and then suddenly there's this really sad song that makes you cry which is really really clever and then it goes from that to this song called Sail On Boys which is like a sea shanty the guy playing Hester does the quickest turnaround I've ever seen in my life to play like the spills Peter Hester to the ship's captain it's madness Uh, so yeah this if it's down, it's down together. Yeah. If it's up, it's when, up for all. When is it that there's that thing where he says that thing, that really high-pitched voice, and they're all like, what century <laughs> are you in? <laughs> when so is funny. that? I, can't, I think that's in Just For Tonight, isn't it? Uh, it's in the next one. So the body of Bill Martin, their pretend agent who's got the, the briefcase handcuffed to his wrist, he's been put on a ship. They're sailing to Spain. You just have to go to France and turn left. That's what uh, Montague says. And they're heading off to do it. So while that's happening, the team back at MI5 go out for drinks and then you get this bonkers song just for tonight at the end of the first half where they're all having fun. They're partying because they think the mission succeeded. And then Montague is up to something shady with his brother. So British intelligence think his brother Ivan might be a communist and they think Montague might be passing secrets to him so obviously then everyone gets suspicious of him you find out that his brother's a filmmaker also invented ping pong yeah he invented ping pong as well we learned that from the quiz yeah so you see him in this like you see Montague giving his brother something like a file file, and you're like ooh shady yeah what's going on what is going on (laughs) and And then right at the end of the song uh, you get Bevan coming on they've all just been celebrating going absolutely crazy because their plan worked and Bevan comes on and says we have a problem end of first half and it was all very funny so then the second half starts with this absolutely bonkers song called Das Übermensch where all of the cast are dressed up as like Nazis but like a Nazi K-pop band yeah and they sing this like insane song and you're watching it going am I dreaming this what's happened yeah. so wrong and yet so funny and then at the end of it Bevan comes on and is like whose side like as the audience is still in absolute hysterics comes on and is like all judging like whose side are you on whose side are you on you find that funny and it's really funny it's funny funny way too much yeah I can't remember who Willie Watkins is what's Um, the ballad of Willie Watkins we've missed out Bevan's update yeah well Bevan tells the oh is is Willie Watkins is that the American soldier or is that someone else No, I know who it is. We'll come on Anyway, so Bevan comes on. He's like, right, guys, we've got a problem. In the same time, literally the same time frame as we have dumped the body of Bill Martin, an American pilot has crashed in basically the same place. Who's also called Bill. Who's also called Bill. And this is now causing a massive issue because it's going to look really, really suspicious to the authorities that there's two crashes that have happened or like two... Because he's meant to look like he's died in a crash, isn't it? Bill Martin. So they're like... Yeah, but as in a plane's crashed into the sea. Isn't that it? Yeah. Anyway, so they're like, oh no, and they're all freaking out about it. When is it that the guy in Spain who... Um, there's like one of them in Spain who's... Who sounds like Hagrid. Just, yeah. Who's like an and incapable when agent. When is it that they try and... When 
the briefcase trying to get them I think to that talk. must be like a couple of songs time who's Willie Watkins do you know literally just listen to this and completely the plain forgotten. guy is that him yeah the American guy alright okay cool oh and then there's Spillsbury so it turns out Spillsbury's Spilsbury. been like massively discredited and everyone thought he was creepy all along and now he's actually done some bad stuff and I think has gone to prison so that's a big problem in amongst all of this I think Bevan discovers that they never found out who the body was so Montague's attitude was very much like well it's a yeah, homeless person so no one cares permission. yeah and then Bevan's like what well, you didn't get the family's permission this is like this is illegal and he's really horrified so then uh, there's all this crazy stuff where like the Spanish are um, suspicious so they why get why has Spillsbury gone to prison I can't remember and then they get their um, is it a coroner to come in and do an inquest to see what happened and he's like this is weird because the way that the body looks isn't consistent with drowning and there's this whole silly thing where he's like oh but look we've got his briefcase and he tries to give it to the British agent and the British agent is like no 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 because he knows that the suitcase needs to go to the Germans and then after a whole song manages to leave the briefcase with the Spanish doctor and then gets the phone call to say we really need that briefcase back <laughs> like, sorry no so, can do <laughs> like after the sort of euphoria of the end of the first half where everything seems to be going well in the second half everything's gone crazy then there's there's another sort of quite sad bit where Jean has been like desperate to prove herself she doesn't just want to like she sang in all the ladies how she doesn't just want to be a wife and a mum she wants to be able to do something more exciting which is why she's been so happy to contribute to Operation Mincemeat and then she and Hester sing this song called Useful where they sort of think about the fact that you know they're not going to get medals there's not going to be a statue of them but they sort of fantasise about a world in which that would happen and then there's act as, act as if you do when you don't. Act as if you... Anyway, where everyone's act suspicious of Montague, but they're all having to pretend they're not suspicious of Montague. And it all ends up being completely crazy. But ultimately, the plan works. That's the yeah. really key thing. Then there's the song, Did We Do It? We did it. It says, did we do it on here? In the programme, it says we did it. Wow. So did we do it? Oh, we did it. Flipped. There you go. Answering, answering but the anyway, question. Um, so at this point, you so after this song, when they found out they did it, you find out that so they're all trying to like look in um, Montague's oh, yeah. bag. And oh, this is a really funny bit. Can I explain it? So Chumley's trying to like look in it, and he's like, hmm. and then someone jumps in, and he goes ah, and does like a little jump, and they're like, uh, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm jumping. I'm practicing jumping, and then. <laughs> Someone, he's about to look in it because it's Jean who's come in and she's like, I want to look in it too, let's do it. Because they both then, know that there's suspicions yeah, about they both know there's suspicions. And then Hester comes in and um, and Jimmy does the jump again. He's like, ah! And then hides it behind his back. And then Hester's like, what was that? And he's like, a jump, I'm practising my jumping. And then next, like, Montague actually comes in and then so Chummy does a jump and what does Montague say? <laughs> that was a bloody good jump Charlie, have you been practising? <laughs> just hilarious. She was hilarious as um, Montague because she sort of just talks in a voice like this and then every so often goes into a voice like this. Yeah. That's really funny. Like when they were being like particularly devious or like trying to convince people to go along with like his way of thinking. It was just so random and so funny. Anyway, so it turns out the plan worked. The Nazis have moved out of Sicily and gone to Sardinia. The British can invade and, you know, then that allies won the war and it was presumably all because of Charles Chumley I guess I don't remember this bit from A-level history but then I did early modern history so I wouldn't have done this anyway and then and then you find out that oh yeah the so Monty's brother who's the filmmaker was actually trying to make 
a film of Operation Mincemeat with yeah. Montague because and that was the script that was Montague's been writing the script all along hasn't he yeah. so that's why he's been like pinching like, this files make a terrible film yeah. I didn't and he's think... like and then Montague's like well at least I'm not making it a musical lol that's so that's funny and then they do a song called a glitzy finale which is like the Operation Mincemeat equivalent of the Mega Six yeah so you get like a little highlights package of uh, all the little bits of songs from the rest of the show and it's just it's insane and it's absolutely brilliant and um, quite soon like into the show like quite early in the show I thought yeah everyone's right about the show this is genius so yeah we're going to join so funny. we're joining the chorus of uh, people who I thought watch you were going to say we're joining MI5 we're joining, MI, we're joining the cast of Operation Mince Me <laughs> uh, oh my and god and MI5 do you know what I, this, I, if I was a person who was talented and could be in musicals I think this is the one I'd want to be in because it's so funny and I can do the accent and you get to play loads of parts and you get to play loads of different parts and it's just like it's a sort of gleefully ridiculous and inventive show isn't it I just uh, it was just brilliant I just absolutely loved it so we're not going to pretend to be controversial where everyone else is giving this show five stars and saying it's the best thing they've ever seen and then be hipsters and be like "Mm, well because that would be stupid it is hilarious and insane it is bonkers isn't it and the the funniest thing with it is that it's all true that that supermatch song that actually means supermank when yeah, it's well, translated. I don't, I don't think it does. That's not that's what mench means. Google Translate I think says. Google Translate went a bit wrong with it, to be honest. Yeah, it's just too much. Tr- maybe Translate just started, like, vibing to yeah, this song. Yeah, I think it song, did. I? I think it was chore- copying the choreography. Do you know, overall, what were your thoughts on the show? And supplementary question do you think it's stage appropriate and would you recommend it to other people your age yes and yes cool what are your thoughts on the show yes it was very very funny yes and it was the best yeah it was another i'll tell you where it new is entry into in our my... top 10 musicals i'm giving up on having a top 10 musicals now <gasps> it's too hard it's too difficult and i don't like demoting things how how can i say how can you compare operation mincemeat and hamilton how can you compare? It's my number in six. In dreams and six. Like, it's just silly. <laughs> she just held up her hand to silence it me is, then. So it's at number six. And at number five, I have Sylvia and Come From Away. And then at number seven, I have Fantastically Great Women. Pretty deep. You've seen some good stuff, haven't you? You're very lucky. So the writing of the songs is amazing. And also the songs are really catchy. Like, we didn't listen to it a lot before we went to see it because having listened to it once all the way you through... You just listened to God That's I, Brilliant. Yeah, I thought, I want to watch this and, like, enjoy the jokes in an audience as opposed to knowing when they're coming and I think that made it even more enjoyable the cast are incredible aren't they like the five people on stage do so much like dancing swapping characters switching like Jack Malone switches between three completely different accents seemingly like without even doing anything it's insane in that song just for tonight the whole cast is switching between being like their MI5 characters and then being sailors literally just by turning around and like putting a hat on there's a bit at the end for the glitzy finale where Montague suddenly has a top hat on and you're like where did that come from and then they have this crazy bit where they're like wearing a sparkly jacket and coming down the stairs and you're like where's that what's going on so I do, what I really enjoy about it's it is it does seem like a show that in the writing of it you would just have a great time I think that's one of the things that makes it really appealing it looks like a really fun show to perform and it seems like it would be something that was really fun to write like you don't imagine the people that wrote lame is were having a party while they did it or like eating loads of haribo whereas uh. this i feel like they just had a massive bowl of sweets and We're loads of caffeine <laughs> and yeah and you know probably did have a lot of fun writing like that it. time that starbucks gave me coffee oh my god oh my god and yesterday when i drank 
too much coffee and then got all jittery. Yeah, well, that was your fault. That was really stressful. Okay, well, the coffee thing for you wasn't really my fault either, was it? Yeah. That was the person in Starbucks' fault. Yeah, but the coffee thing was your fault. Me drinking too yeah. much coffee. Yeah, I overestimated my but anyway, capacity for coffee drinking. La la, go see Operation Mincemeat. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, we. I would massively recommend this to... Everyone, like the age appropriateness of it. Is it like six or eight plus or something that it's recommended? But there's nothing really in it that would make it inappropriate, is there? I don't no. think like school children doing World War Two as a topic should go and watch Operation Mincemeat. Duh. It'd be so funny. Imagine if your school were like, right, guys, we're taking you on a trip to the Fortune Theatre. And you'd be like, oh, oh Operation Mincemeat. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, my God, Juno. Chill. Calm down. <laughs> So we've given no like reasonable, decent explanation for why this show is so funny, but it just is. You can listen to it. The cast recording came out a couple of months ago, so you can listen to it. It is genuinely probably the funniest show I've ever seen in my life. Funnier than Book of Mormon, because apart from maybe with the Das Ubermensch song, you don't think, oh, I shouldn't be laughing at this. I'm so bad. Which you kind of do with Mormon, but like in a fun way. And uh, just just go and see it. Like if you can go and see the show, do it. It's so, so, so funny. It's so inventive. It's so clever, isn't it? Like the, the way that the songs are written, the lyrics, the style of it, everything about it is brilliant. Like I don't think, I can't think of a fault. The only fault I can think with the whole experience is that there was no leg room whatsoever. Yeah. So that's something that's worth bearing in mind. Get it in a big fat hour. Things that are useful to know if you want to go and see Operation Mint Me. It's like the one thing in the West End that's got a matinee on a Tuesday, which is very exciting. And people the can find this stuff prices out. Prices are the same wherever you sit. So I would strongly recommend making sure that you book it and get a decent seat. Because I think if you sat up at the top, you're not going to have that costs great of you. Different amounts on different days. Yeah. So if you go on Monday or Tuesday, it's cheaper than if you go at the weekend. So we went on a Tuesday afternoon. What about Wednesday and Thursday? I think there's like a slide. So I think that's like in the middle price wise. So that's really clever. So when, if you do look at, I think you can only book it through the Operation Mint Meat site. It doesn't seem to be on any of the ticket booking things, and it doesn't come up as. I don't think it's on any of the last minute ticket things, but just such a worthwhile thing to go and see. Don't get to the theatre early because there's nowhere to sit. Yeah. It's just like a little bar. There's no fridge magnets, but they do have other merch. They have a Rubik's Cube, which is a really inventive little bit of merchandise that I enjoy. Very informative brochure. Like that programme is really cool. There's a lot of stuff to read in there. Yeah. I liked it. And uh, yeah, right in the middle of Covent Garden. You could go and see that on Frozen because they're almost next door to each other. Around the corner from Pizza Express. Just planning your day for you. Yeah. Is that like all? I think so. Just go and see it. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I loved it. Loved it. So good. Juno, go. You can follow us on Instagram at stage underscore appropriate and which I've now taken over. Yay. I don't have to do it anymore. And yeah, obviously you can listen to our podcast wherever it is you're listening to it now. We are on Spotify, iTunes and Amazon. Yes. Oh, you'll think we practiced that. That was really good, wasn't it? <laughs> loved it. Delete that bit so people do actually loved think we practiced it. it. And yeah, we'll be back soon with upcoming episodes on 42nd Street 42nd Street 1776 1776 and all the other crazy stuff that we're going to see this summer so thank you very very much for listening to Stage Appropriate this show is Stage Appropriate yes do you know? yeah cool I already said yeah I just wanted to clarify in case anyone's at the end of the podcast thinking but is it Stage Appropriate? the people need to but know but listen I already said guys she has already said it guys calm down honestly some people just need to chill out a bit right thanks for listening then goodbye goodbye <laughs>